0: We've highlighted a lot of different ways that you can get into the market, 401ks, IRAs, and ETFs, just to name a few. There are numerous amounts of investments that you can get into, but the most common ones are stocks and bonds. You may have heard of these words thrown around a lot, but do you really know what they mean? Do you really know how to get invested in them? It can be as simple as educating yourself through a 10 minute video, hint, hint. Snack on this, Stocks and Bonds 101. We're going to start with bonds. What are bonds? Simply put, they're a form of borrowing for companies and governments. When a company or government sells or issues a bond, the money that they receive is a loan from the purchaser of that bond. Just like any loans, yes, bonds are paid over time and with interest that we'll, in this case, call a coupon bonds are a form of ious with periodic interest that resemble a loan that you're giving to a company or government bonds are typically referred to as fixed income investments or securities this is because you as the holder of the bond will know exactly how much you're set to receive if a bond is held until its maturity date the maturity date is when the bond becomes its face value For example, let's say you buy a government bond with a face value of $1,000, a maturity date of 10 years, and a coupon payment of 5% annually. Huge words, we know. This translates to the following. You will right now pay less than $1,000 to secure that bond, to buy it, to purchase it. In 10 years, that bond is going to be worth its face value of $1,000. During the course of this period, however, you're going to be getting five percent interest payments on that thousand dollar face value annually which translates to fifty dollars a year this is the money that you've now lent to the government sound easy enough the whole bond will be worth thousand dollars at the maturity date which in this instance we highlighted as 10 years from now so you get the face value of the bond back in 10 years plus any accrued interest that you've been accruing over the course of the years Keep in mind that bonds are a form of debt to any company or government, and they have to absolutely pay this debt back because they are borrowing money from you. They pay that predetermined amount of interest or coupon rate, and their prices are locked to interest rate regardless of the company or government decides to go bankrupt. In the event of a bankruptcy for a company or a government, bondholders are first in line to get their money back which is different from a stockholder which we'll cover in just a moment here bonds because of this aspect are considered lower risk investments but they don't have the upside potential that stocks are able to offer you we've alluded to stocks and etfs before but we want to go over stocks just to make sure you know exactly what you're getting into so we'll be switching our gears here a little bit from bonds into stocks Stocks, in the simplest form, are you owning a piece of the company that you have stock in. Stock in a company gives the owner the right to vote in shareholder meetings, receive parts of company's profits, known as dividends, if and when they're distributed, and it gives you the right to sell your shares to somebody else. Stocks are another way companies use to raise capital or money that they need to finance new projects, research and development, new funding, or anything where the company needs an influx of cash, but needs investors to be able to do that. This growth in a company and new projects, it's what allows companies to return value to the shareholders, which is why stock prices tend to go up. This increase in stock price is the return on your investment that you've put into the company for them further investing in the company. So for example, let's say you invest $100 into Amazon stock. That $100 is going to be used by Amazon to then fund different amounts of projects. Again, nothing Amazon does uses $100, but this is just to provide you with an example. So that $100 is broken into chunks regarding different Amazon projects. But what happens is your $100 becomes more valuable as Amazon can prove that a lot of the things that they're investing in provide a return to the company and therefore providing a return to the shareholder, which is you. A large amount of stock in a company gives you the ability to influence the board of directors and have more say than, let's say, being diluted in a very big company. But that's beyond this lesson stocks increase in value as the company does better and as forward-looking projections for the company get better so if amazon says that hey we're doing really really well we'd like to raise our guidance or what we think we're going to do for the next 12 months the stock price is typically going to go up because now investors have confidence that amazon is going to do well based on what they've told the public The price of a stock is typically the price for one share. Like we mentioned earlier, it does better as company guidance increases, as earnings per share increase, and as the market overall does a good job. The value of the share is the combination of all known information of that company at that particular point in time. Because of the uncertainty for companies at any given point in time, stock prices tend to fluctuate much more than what you'd see a bond price fluctuate. Because there's a limited risk built into a bond, but you never know what'll happen within a company or external factors that might affect a company, which is why you tend to see the stock market tend to go up and down very sharply at times. Given this whole coronavirus issue, you've seen that the stock market can decrease rapidly, but also increase rapidly. That just goes to show you how the stock market is affected and how bonds don't move too much when it comes to large macroeconomic forces, unless there's something that affects debt, the banking system, and companies' debts in general. In the event that a company goes bankrupt, shareholders are the last in line to get their money back. This is what makes stocks a riskier investment compared to bonds. Let's recall just a few points here. Bonds are typically IOUs that are given by companies or governments to you as the purchaser of the bond that, hey, you've lent us money, we'll pay it back over time with interest. Stocks, however, allow you to own a small piece of that company can't buy stocks and governments stocks let you own that little piece of a company in return for it to perform better or use that money for something that'll help it perform better in the future stocks increase in value as a company does better as we've mentioned before but if stocks do better but bonds are less riskier then why is there so much hype around stocks because stocks can potentially give you unlimited return over the course of the long term, which bonds cannot do. As long as a company or market does well, your invested money does well in the stock market. On the flip side, if the company does poorly, your investment in that stock will reflect that. Over the years, however, stocks have returned about seven to 10% on average per year, while bonds are typically reserved at sort of the 3% mark. And that's averages over a 40-year time frame historically. Keep in mind that past performance does not indicate future performance, but we've been seeing pretty strong stock increases whereas the bond market is suffering just a little bit given a lot of the macroeconomic events going on. These returns make stocks way more attractive especially if you're thinking about a longer term horizon. We'll make this into an easy example for you to understand. We'll make Apple our guinea pig for this one. To keep things simple, we're going to look from the 2006 to 2016 timeframe. Gives you a span of 10 years. The stock price at the end of December 31st, 2006 was $12.12 for one share of Apple. The stock price at the end of December 31st, 2016 for one share of Apple was $115.82 that's roughly a 900 percent increase on that stock bonds for example on the other hand would have given you about a 2.4 percent return yearly over those course of the 10 years nowhere near that 900 percent investment if you had put money into apple at the end of 2006. so given this why not choose a bunch of stocks and just move on risk stocks are considered very very risky investments whereas bonds are considered safer investments so what your portfolio needs is a mix of both for it to balance out some of the riskiness to the some of the safer side this is regardless of their past performance because you're not guaranteed those past performance returns in the future most investors in the finance world incorporate a mix of stocks and bonds for a healthy long-term portfolio deciding how much to put into each is a little difficult especially when you're trying to determine if you want to introduce less risk into your portfolio or if you want to have a higher risk higher return motto in your portfolio a lot of this depends on your risk factors age and the length of your investments the ideal way to invest is to keep a majority of your investments into stocks and put about a tiny piece of it away into bonds. The good rule of thumb to follow here is, is take 110, subtract your age from that, and that's what you dedicate in your portfolio to stocks. Now, if you wanna get a little more on the aggressive side of things, subtract your age from 120, which will give you a higher allocation to stocks. If you wanna go more on the conservative side, Take 100 and subtract your age from that. That'll give you a lower allocation of what you should put in your portfolio towards stocks. The remainder is your bond allocation. We here at Edible Finance believe in going a lot more aggressive in your earlier years rather than your later years when it comes to stocks and bonds. We have some portfolios where we're 100% stock in because we have time to ride those waves out. There are some portfolios where we have 90 plus percent in stocks, again, with the same principle we have time to ride those waves out the younger you are the more you can allocate into stocks because you have time to ride those fluctuations out bonds won't typically help you there but when you get older you typically want to move a lot of your portfolio to bonds because that'll give you that fixed investment that we talked about before rather than letting your money fluctuate all over the place when it comes time for you to withdraw it for what you need the most at that point in life. This 90 plus, 100% stock is not for everyone. It's very, very risky, but we tend to be risk takers here at Edible Finance and want our money to work the hardest for us. Again, it's a very risky way to invest, but if you can stomach the volatility in the market, then it's a great way to see good returns. While it lasts, keep in mind, you will see some pretty harsh downfalls if the stock market decides to turn against you. But if you keep that long-term hat on, based on prior performance, you typically will come out ahead. So go out there, figure out your portfolio allocation, rebalance your portfolios, and keep investing.